0: hello hello everyone this is the frankly daniel show and i'm the daniel and the frankly part of this enterprise it's my weekly exercise of our first amendment rights and it's an honor to be here today with you thank you for joining me and i promise to be good company Your time is precious, and I do appreciate it. So let's jump right in. Last week, we discussed why we're long overdue in taking the driver's keys away from demented elected leaders like Joe Biden. Yes, I realize that sounds wishful and appropriate, but there are several problems in implementing this idea. First, short of impeaching Joe Biden, there's no other way we can initiate his removal at this particular time. Now, that's not to say we can't eventually do so. It's just that we can't do it until, say, January 1st of 2023. That's as soon as we could possibly change the political complexion of the Congress from radical progressives to conservative and moderate Republicans. And despite all the positive prognosticators that Republicans are set to take the House of Representatives back, a thousand political events can still disrupt this before voting concludes in November 8th of 2022. Second, even if Republicans retake the House and impeach Joe for not following the federal immigration laws or for lying about his collaboration with his son, Hunter Biden, in influence-peddling schemes while Joe was out of office during Trump's four years of leadership, we'd still need 51 votes in the Senate to convict brain-addled Joe. Third, if we impeached and convicted Joe, as things stand now, Camilla Harris would become president. Having Camilla become president is much like jumping from the pot into the fire. Besides, this would set her up for the presidency in 2024. And, well, you may think that she'd be a lousy candidate, which is beyond true. There'd be millions of women and blacks who would vote for her just because she's a woman and she's black. Oh, I hear you say that that's not so. But remember when Hillary ran? Even Democrats who weren't enamored with locker up Hillary, they were still willing to vote for her quest to be the first female president and for her to be the first Democrat female president. Furthermore, we don't know what impact Camilla actually had on Joe Biden's ticket in 2020. No one knows how many actual legitimate votes Joe received in 2020. We also don't know how many votes that a black female Camilla said to be the first black woman vice president, gained for Joe. Now, looking at Joe's total vote count, it's doubtful she hurt him and likely helped him win the presidency. So when you add it all up, it may be safer in the long run to keep Joe as president until 2024. I know it's painful and probably, probably deadly painful, but that's my current take on our dilemma. Of course, this is all conditional, given Joe's erratic presidential behavior. The the nation may actually have no choice but to scream so loud that Joe decides to step down. uh, For health reasons, of course. Then we're right back to point three above. Kamala would become our nation's 47th president. But don't despair. If we follow through and take the House back and perhaps even eke out a slim majority in the Senate... Joe won't be able to pass or to get any of his, or more correctly, any of the radical progressives legislation passed. Now, of course, with Joe's power of the veto, neither will we be able to pass or repeal certain laws. But the crazy spending will stop until we can either reelect Donald Trump or another Make America Great Again candidate to the presidency in 2024. In the meantime, I believe we should use Joe's behavior and his policies as motivational incentives to field support and elect Republicans to both chambers. Even more importantly, we must review and stay in touch with who's on our local school boards and who's in our state legislatures. Now, great governors are very hard to come by, but fielding supportive state senators and House members are critically important. Here in Florida, we have a terrific common sense Freedom and Liberty Warrior and Governor Ron DeSantis. But we also have a Republican legislature, and together they've made a tremendous difference these past twenty pandemic months. I mean, for heaven's sakes, please get involved with your local politics. I lived in Boston, Massachusetts, for sixteen years. I lived in Thomas Philip O'Neill's or AKA Tip O'Neill's eleventh district in Massachusetts. Tip was Speaker of the House at the time. Tip always said, all politics are local. And was he right? Like charity, politics and political power begin at home. Now let me recommend a terrific all-election information website for you. It's called Ballotpedia. B-A-L-L-O-T, Ballot, B-A-L-L-O-T, pedia, all one word, P-E-D-I-A, dot org. Anything you wish to know about your state's legislature, its structure, or current members of your state or your congressional districts, it's all there. It's the prego of elections across the nation. It's it's in the sauce. For instance, the Florida State House of Representatives has 120 members, 78 Republicans, 42 Democrats, with three vacancies. The Florida State Senate has 40 members, 24 Republicans, 16 Democrats. Florida has term limits on these elected positions two four-year terms or eight years in the Senate, or four two-year terms or eight years in the House. Now, Bellopedia lists all their names, their party affiliations, and where each member stands in their tenure. And yes, I found all this information out in 60 seconds on bellopedia.org. Well, back to our current near-term future dilemma with President Joe Biden. If you listened to my show last week, and by the way, thank you for the tremendous listenership last week. The Frankly Daniel Show is growing leaps and bounds each week, and it's because of you. Thank you for recommending this show to your conservative friends. It makes a huge difference and I'm indebted for your support. By the way, last week's show, entitled It's Time to Take the Keys Away, can be found as a podcast on the America Out Loud website under the Frankly Daniel Show. Last week, we began exploring the crisis of allowing Joe Biden and other political fossils to continue driving our nation's well-being and destiny. We began by decoding and deconstructing President Biden's answers to questions he took while on CNN's town hall broadcast last week. Joe only answers questions in safe, pre-screened environments like CNN's fabricated, highly partisan audiences. Let's go back to decode more of that phony town hall. But first allow me to mention some currently hot topics. For instance, this week's headlines, at least on Fox and Newsmax, and other truth-telling, straightforward newscasts, has been about the supply chain, inflation, the governor's race in Virginia, which is very interesting, and I see that Youngkin has pulled ahead of McAuliffe. Ah, oh, that is great news. We just have to we have to win that governorship. The headlines also included Joe's crashing job approval ratings and the radical progressive left's unmitigated attacks on parents' rights to speak up about their children's education at public school board meetings. Here's a few words on the supply chain and inflation.
1: The supply chain issue could be hitting your Thanksgiving table this year. Grocery stores are warning that they're expecting a shortage of turkeys.
2: Stores are starting to see shortages of items such as pet food, frozen food, and diapers.
1: Doug Fabioli has spent nearly two decades in Loudon County as a winemaker, but a lack of bottles nationwide could put his supply at risk.
3: A shortage of ketchup is impacting restaurants around the country. Quantities of single serve packets have dwindled during the pandemic, leaving the tomato-based paste in short supply. But there are certainly shortages of
4: everything from bread to potato chips <laughs> and even toilet paper.
0: Yep, even toilet paper. There isn't a product that hasn't been impacted by the problems with the supply chain fiasco. Everything from the packets of ketchup and mustard to snacks. And when you do find these products available, they they all cost more. I mean, noticeably more. Traveling the aisles at Costco is a perpetual sticker shock event. Eggs, milk, bread, hamburger, and beer. The five food groups are deadly expensive. Book publishers are having trouble getting paper. Car companies can't buy computer chips.
2: Builders are having trouble getting lumber. Container ships in port are waiting for days to be unloaded. A record 159 ships, 63 in port, but 96 offshore, waiting sometimes weeks to dock. Longshoremen say they're ready to heed the president's call for 24-7, but when the ports ask truckers to work, the 3 to 7 a.m. shift, not enough showed. We have three shifts, first, second, and third. They choose not to work the third because there's no one comes to pick up the cargo on the third shift because on the other side of the supply chain, there's no place to take the container.
0: Not only can builders and manufacturers not get the materials they need to build and complete their products, but the, the chain and the chain supply remains broken in several places with no quick fix at hand. Good old storytelling Joe Biden said at the town hall he fixed the logistics problems at the L.A. and Long Beach ports by getting the longshoremen to work 24-7 instead of a 40-hour work week. Way to go, Joe. It's like you fixed what ain't broke and then took a victory lap. Now, the longshoremen can't unload cargo container ships because there's no place to put the containers on shore. Apparently, we're short about 90,000 truck drivers. So, more than 96 ships with some 65,000 containers sits offshore waiting. These two ports will begin next week to charge these companies who own these port-stored containers 100 bucks a day for each day they sit at the port. Now, this is only for the first week. Beginning week two, the storage penalty jumps to $1,600 a day. And guess who will ultimately be paying those extra charges?
2: cost of a shipping container from China to L.A. is 16000 up 330% from a year ago. And once here, the trucking rate per mile is up 23%, not including fuel.
1: The statistics are staggering, showing food prices rose 4.6% this year compared to last year. And when it's broken down to specific food items, the numbers are even higher, with dramatic increases in meat, poultry, fish, and eggs, ringing in at almost 10.5% more.
0: Oh yes, the cost of energy. Ideologue Joe Biden is directly responsible for the steady rise in energy costs. Not only is it pricey to heat and cool our homes and offices these days, but it's also costly to gas our cars and trucks. Furthermore, everything we buy includes these increased transportation costs. But don't, don't be fooled, this is all by design. It's the climate fanatics. They mean to choke off our use of fossil fuels, and Joe Biden is their hero. Uh, Joe just left for Scotland with 80% of his clueless cabinet and most of the neo-Marxist White House. They want to rub elbows with other socialists as they invent more ways to elevate their elite status as planet savers. All this while China builds, on average, two new coal-fired electric energy plants every week. We're paying a lot more each day for energy while China and India pollute their way to prosperity. Now, here's a fact. Asia's 4.64, almost 4.5, a little more than 4.5 billion inhabitants, make it our world's most populous continent. Now, Asia accounts for 60% of the world's population. The two most populated countries, India and China, together constitute about 36% of the world's population. But Joe and his White House lurch, John Kerry, say we're setting a good example as responsible climate citizens. In the meantime, Biden believes we'll somehow swallow his story that gas and energy prices are on the rise because of OPEC's recalcitrance not to pump more oil. Now, how does it make any sense to per purposely cripple energy production here at home, and, and then blame OPEC for not pumping more climate-polluting oil for our use. Oh, by the way, guess who's not going to the climate summit in Glasgow, Scotland this week? Not China nor Russia are going. The woke hypocrisy of the climate religious is dangerous, and if we don't retake control of America, our standard of living is going in the toilet. You know, the toilet, the place where toilet paper is no longer used. However, there is one part of our supply chain that's working remarkably well. Very well, indeed. In fact, it's working too well. Yes, the Mexican cartels are efficiently delivering tons of murderous illegal drugs and foreign migrants as if they were both on steady swollen streams pouring into the nation uninterrupted. And while... The Biden radical progressives are building back better to a better socialism right here in America. Joe is supporting and facilitating the world's largest free market demonstration of capitalism as criminal cartels make billions of dollars each week by transporting drugs, contraband, and people to our southern border. We have more illegal drugs available in America than ever before and the Biden administration is to be commended. Each month we set new drug overdose and death records. We're patting ourselves on the back as we welcome in millions of aliens into our country, allowing drugs to travel with and among many of these migrants as they pay for their transportation and safe passage to the border by serving as mules for drug kings. In fact, we're facilitating the deaths of our sons, daughters and neighbors, as well as our friends. This is just all part of the noble open borders plans of Democrats. You've heard of Doctors Without Borders. Well, now we're a country without borders. But not for long. Soon we could be no country at all. So the Marxist 1619 project, you can add to that Biden's 2021 project. It's part of the successful demonstration that enslavement of people of color is still alive right here in America. And to think that Joe is selling this heinous importation of drugs and people as a humanitarian undertaking. What a scam! And as for the delivery of non-English-speaking foreigners with little or no formal education and a complete lack of work skills other than mowing lawns, raking leaves, domestic housework, and the like, our human warehouses of dependent people has never been so well stocked. Furthermore, the Biden Department of Homeland Security is distributing illegal aliens throughout the country by train, plane, and bus but always in the dead of night, whenever possible. And if you're looking for domestic sex slaves or minors for your smut business, Biden's delivering on those promises as well. Let me share with you the stats just released by our U.S. Customs and Border Protection for fiscal year 2020 versus 2021. Now we've just set an unenviable record. In apprehending almost 2 million illegal aliens at our borders, with most of them like 1.7 million apprehended at the southern border. Now, mind you, the fiscal year just ended September 30th of 2021, meaning that only eight months of the year were credited to Joe Biden's administration. On the southern border in fiscal 2021, 1.7 million versus half a million in fiscal 2020, the last year under the Trump administration, the full year under Trump. For the first four months of fiscal 2021, October, November, December of 2020, and January of 2021, an average of 74,000 illegal aliens were apprehended at our southern border. Those are the months still under Trump. For the remaining eight months under Joe Biden, the average apprehension rate was 180,000 per month. That's an increase of 245% over the first four months, it's, it's, it's incredible. The previous record for migrant apprehensions at the southern border is 1.6 billion in 2000. And the next highest figure is 1.62 million, which was reported in 1986, the year the U.S. Congress passed the Immigration Reform and Control Act, which led to the legalization and a path to citizenship for more than 3 million undocumented immigrants. That was the backlog that time. Approximately three to five million people was the backlog of people that were living illegally in the country, and Congress decided to give them amnesty and move them along. Three million. We're we're going to be doing three million a year instead of over 20 years here pretty soon. The Border Patrol says that repeat crossers, in other words, migrants who are apprehended, expelled and then attempt to come in again multiple times. They're skewing the numbers all to heck. For instance, out of the 1.75 million illegals apprehended, only 1.1 million unique individuals came through in fiscal year 2021, meaning that there were more than 600,000 illegal aliens who were illegal for at least the second time, and many for the third and fourth and fifth times. Do you know it's a federal crime? I mean, it's a federal felony to have been expelled from the country and then to surreptitiously re-enter. But has the Biden administration, or more importantly, Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice, have they prosecuted even, even one of these felony lawbreakers? With all sarcasm intended, Garland and his merry band of federal agents are just too busy hunting down parents who confront woke school board members at open public school board meetings to pay any attention to what's going on at our southern border. All the excitement this past week in the Senate was over the Senate Judicial Committee's hearings where Merrick Garland was called to testify before the Judicial Committee for more than six hours. Now, unquestionably, the number one topic was about A.G. Garland's memo instructing the FBI and several other high-profile federal law enforcement agencies to begin monitoring parents and parent groups who have been very vocal at public school board meetings. However, Senator Lindsey Graham did ask Attorney General Merrick Garland about the Department of Justice's role and activity in prosecuting illegal alien entry into our nation. Well, here's part of that exchange.
3: Mr. Attorney General, are you aware of the caravan of about 3,000 people approaching the state of Texas? I have read about it in the news media, yes. So what would you tell these people?
4: I would tell them not to come, but the uh, job of the Justice Department um, uh, has to do uh, uh, with um, uh, prosecution and with... uh, The the way in which the uh, asylum and uh, uh, removal claims are adjudicated. So you
0: uh, would tell them not to come? After stumbling around, A.G. Garland finally decides it's safe to say, I tell them not to come. Uh, Remember, Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement can only capture illegal aliens, or as it's politely said, they apprehend them. As they illegally enter the country, neither the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, nor the Department of Health and Human Services, DHHS, has anything to do with adjudicating the asylum status or or legal status of illegal entry. Of course, under the Biden administration, this separation of responsibilities is no longer being followed. Perhaps this is why A.G. Garland wasn't sure what he could say without getting into trouble with the White House, about the DOJ's role in processing illegal entry.
3: It depends on why they are coming. Well, if they're coming to make asylum claims, what would you tell them? Well,
4: um, the Department of Homeland Security is the agency that's responsible for border control.
3: Right. Right. I I get that. But you're the Attorney General of the United States. Do you think our asylum laws are being abused? The asylum laws are statutes passed
4: by the Congress. Do you think they're being abused? Uh, I think this is a... Uh, uh, that question is one that has to be evaluated on a, a one-by-one basis in
3: each... Have uh you taught the board?
0: Unbelievable. Garland read it in the newspaper that the southern border is overwhelmed with illegal aliens seeking phony asylum. By the way, this is also how A.G. Garland found out about the seven-page letter from the National School Board Association to President Biden asking for immediate FBI protection from parents who are really domestic terrorists. Ay, nerves. I mean, honest. That was Garland's testimony in the House hearing the week before. And now we're in the Senate, a whole different... uh, He read it in the newspaper. Now, the paperboy or girl delivering those newspapers to A.G. Garland has a tremendous responsibility on their young shoulders. If this cabinet secretary doesn't get his newspapers... Rome could burn. Okay, okay, hang with me. I, I owe you one more at least, and, and here it is. If this doesn't convince you that A.G. Garland is just as daffy as Biden, nothing will. When's the last
3: time you've been to the border?
4: I like think a week ago, maybe 10 days ago.
3: Did they tell you anything about solemn claims being made by people that are mostly economic claims, not not solemn claims? Did they mention that to you?
4: I think it's fair. Uh, I don't recall exactly. I think it's You don't
3: recall being told by the Border Patrol that they're overwhelmed, they can't hold the line much anymore, that we've had 1.7 million people apprehended, and the big magnet, the pull factor, is the way the catch-and-release program around asylum. That didn't stick out to you? you Well, Well, it's a simple question. They never mentioned to you that they've got a problem with being overrun by asylum seekers. I know
4: from reading the news media that that border patrol agents feel that way. So,
3: well, I mean, it's not about reading the paper. You were there talking to him. Well, I don't recall that. I don't want to
0: to Again, unbelievable. A.G. Garland read in the newspaper that border patrol agents feel this way. They feel overwhelmed. Good to get that out of the newspaper. He was just down to Nogales, Arizona 10 days ago and he's still getting all his information from the newspapers. My fear is that this character is reading the New York Times and the Washington Post. Heaven above, hear our prayers. But back to the stats. In fiscal 2020, entirely under the Trump administration, a total of 31,000 unaccompanied children crossed the U.S. southern border and were apprehended by U.S. border agents. As I mentioned, Only eight months of fiscal 2021 was under the Biden administration, and that would have been February of 2021 to September of 2021. For the entire year, including the four months under the Trump administration, a total of 144,000 unaccompanied minors were apprehended by the U.S. border agents. Rounding the numbers, we're talking about 31,000 versus 145,000 or a 475% increase in unaccompanied minors crossing our border. No official estimate was provided for what they call the Godaways. These are thousands of illegal migrants who evade detection when crossing into America, and thus Border Patrol makes no official entry in the record. Nonetheless, the Border Patrol estimates it's around 400,000 for fiscal 2021 when you consider all of the free stuff apprehended migrants get from HHS and federally funded charities. I mean, you you have to wonder why 400,000 migrants decide to sneak into the country instead of registering at the border with the Border Patrol. But remember that the Biden administration's position is the border is closed. Well, last week, Joe Biden spent an hour doing a town hall meeting on CNN with Anderson Cooper. We reviewed a couple of the audio clips from that hour long telecast. I said we'd return this week to the task of debunking some of the other things Joe happened to lie about last week. So let's take a very quick break and when we come back, we're going to decode Joe's Whoppers. Don't touch that dial, the best is yet to come.
5: Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep, with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormones support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption micro-gel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
2: There was a time when Americans could rely on the fourth estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. Americaoutloud.com. Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcasts, video, and 24-7 Talk Radio. America Outloud Talk Radio. Liberty and Justice for all.
3: Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America at Loud Talk Radio, this is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your
0: tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall Supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall Vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Frankly Daniels Show. Before the break, we were reviewing how Daffy Joe Biden and his incompetent administration has decimated this planet's most timely, efficient, and effective supply chain in world history. Biden's national supply chain management has become a modern day Tower of Babel. Cargo ships don't talk the language of our left coast ports, our longshoremen don't talk the talk of truckers, and on and on Babel goes. Imagine how surprised I was the other night when I heard Joe say something totally lucid. I don't know how long this thought actually had stayed around in Joe's head, but this idea made sense. So did Joe's conclusion. Listen to what he had to say last week.
6: When I ran for the president, said I'm running for three reasons. One, to restore the soul and decency in the country. Two, to build the middle class and the working class so they were built from the middle out. And three, to actually unite the country. And everybody's been saying, well, that's crazy. You can't do it. If we can't eventually unite this country, we're in deep trouble.
0: Yes, Joe, we are in deep trouble. Your policies have put us in a boiling cauldron of deep trouble. <laughs> But it's not because you failed to unite us. In fact, you are uniting us. It's just not in the direction you planned on. Joe, we're uniting against wokeism, against critical race theory, against gender ideology being force-taught to our children, against a weaponized Department of Justice, against unbridled illegal and costly alien immigration, against inflationary policies ignited and fueled by unchecked federal spending Joe against new social welfare programs against inflationary policies against spending trillions on climate change malarkey yes Joe we're uniting against defunding the police against your no gun is safe in the hands of Americans policies against your war on election integrity laws and photo IDs against your pro-abortion stance yes we're against diversity, equity, and inclusion, socialism, Joe. We're against your war on fossil fuel energy. We're against your budgetary cutbacks on defense spending. We're also against your negotiations with Iran over nukes, against your subservience to China. We're against vaccine and mask mandates, Joe. And these issues are just the top of mind problems you've created and created in only 10 months, Joe. With all irony intended, perhaps General Mark Milley should pin a medal on your chest, Joe, for this speed record. Never in the history of the presidency have so few done so much to so many to unite this nation in developing a stand against a president and his political party. Well, before moving on, I ask your permission to say a few things about a massively important governor's race in Virginia. If you followed any or all of the malarkey going on with the rogue, woke school boards and parents in Virginia, then you're fully aware of the future destruction Democrat Terry McAuliffe represents if he's elected once again the governor of that important state. Here's a clip of Terry sticking his big fat foot in his very progressive mouth. I'm not going to let parents
2: come into schools bill. and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. So... Yeah, (laughs) I've stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach.
0: Many political pundits mark this McAuliffe debate comment as the beginning of a possible end to McAuliffe's bid for another four-year term as governor. You'd think that this tone-deaf comment couldn't have come out of McAuliffe's arrogant mouth at a worse time, especially in Virginia, which is ground zero for all things having to do with dictatorial school boards, critical race theory, gender identity wokeology, smut and pornographic high school reading materials, and outrageous mandatory masking of even kindergartners. This next clip of McAuliffe is part of a local TV reporter interviewing Terry McAuliffe she simply wants to know his definition of critical race theory the interviewer is a very articulate black woman and I say articulate and quite knowledgeable because I watched the entire interview which lasted quite some time she was right on the reason she asks McAuliffe about CRT is because he's been out on the campaign trail saying that critical race theory is not and has never been taught in Virginia now uh, here's just another troubling sign of the of self-possessed omnificence and magisterial, all-knowing, and godlike intuition on all issues of school curricula.
2: So how do you define it? it, it Anina? it is not taught here in Virginia. But how do you define it? Doesn't matter. It's not taught here in well, Virginia. So not I'm not like going to spend your thoughts my time on, on what it is. I'm not even spending my time because the school board and everyone else has come out and said it's not taught. It's racist. It's a dog whistle. But
1: if we don't have a definition, how can we say it's racist? I just want a definition from yeah. you.
2: It, it's not taught here in Virginia. We can ask about any topic. Here's what I've said all along. And it really bothers me. You know, I re- it really bothers me. This whole idea of stirring parents up to create divisions. Our children are going through such challenges today because of COVID. And we're talking about something here today, wasting precious viewers' time.
0: Don't you love it how McAuliffe tells this wonderful woman that she's wasting time. She doesn't know how to do her job. Democrats love flouting election laws. They double and triple dare you to call them out on a federal campaign law violation. And then, just like denying CRT is taught anywhere in Virginia, Democrats will never admit they've tampered with the voting process or abused a campaign finance law or any law whatsoever. Floating an IRS campaign law in Virginia, however, became an issue about a week ago. Here's Kamala Harris with a pre-recorded campaign message encouraging God-fearing blacks to vote for Democrat Terry McAuliffe. The problem was, is the McAuliffe campaign piped her pre-recorded video message into over 300 black churches in Virginia a week ago during church services.
1: Greetings, everyone. So when I was growing up, we sang in the choir at Oakland's 23rd Avenue Church of God. We sang hymns about how faith, combined with determination, will see us through difficult times. And we were taught that it was our sacred responsibility to raise our voice and lift up the voices of our community. One of the most significant ways I believe that we can each use our voice is through our vote. So Virginians, you have the opportunity now to raise your voice through your vote because it's election time. As you know, this is an important election coming up on Tuesday, November 2nd, and early voting is already underway. I believe that my friend Terry McAuliffe is the leader Virginia needs at this moment.
0: This message, of course, is against IRS campaign finance laws. You cannot give churches tax-free status and still allow Democrats, independents, or Republicans to politically campaign in front of the church's religious congregation, even if it's a video, much less in their tax-exempt buildings of worship. But Democrats don't care. First, win the election at any and all cost, and then fight any challenges in court.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's the last word President Obama, Jill Biden, Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, Kamala Harris, and a host of other so called progressive luminaries just campaigned alongside Terry McAuliffe in Virginia this past week. Before they started, McAuliffe led Republican challenger Glenn Yunkin by three percentage points in all the polls. After they finished co-campaigning over this past weekend in particular, McAuliffe was down to Yunkin by a whopping eight percentage points. And this is in a bluer than blue state folks in Virginia are fed up with wokeness in their schools and just about every other aspect of their Virginia-American lives. Now, here's a clip from Winsome Sears, a black woman running for Virginia's lieutenant governor alongside of Glenn Youngkin.
7: Well, we know that in 2015, the State Board of Education brought in CRT, and that means it came in under his watch. He signed off on it, and now he's saying that it's a conspiracy theory. Click. Uh, cooked up by Glenn Youngkin. It's nonsense. They're gaslighting us. And, you know, we're not falling for that. We know that in Virginia, according to the NAEP scores, it's the nation's report card because I sat on the Virginia State Board of Education. 45 percent of white children are not learning by the time they uh, are doing math. Then it comes to Asian children. It's 35 percent black children. It's 84 percent of them can't do math by the 8th grade, and by the way, 85% of them are functionally illiterate. This is not a white-black thing. Our children aren't learning.
0: Did you hear that? In 2015, under Terry McAuliffe's governorship, the State Board of Education introduced CRT into the school system, into the entire state school system. We also know that the teachers' unions, who are heavily invested in critical race theory in all classrooms, have given the McAuliffe campaign over $2 million this time round. The teachers' unions were vocally dead set against testing returning students in math and reading skills post the pandemic. And you just heard why. The results prior to the pandemic were abysmal and alarming.
7: I have knocked on doors in public housing also. You know what those mothers and fathers tell me? They want their children to have a choice on where to go to school. Because what's happening now is not working. Our children need a hope and a future. They need critical reading theory, critical writing theory, critical science theory.
0: Terry McAuliffe claims Glenn Youngkin wants to eliminate 43,000 Virginia teachers. (laughs) Baloney. There's only 89,000 teachers in all of Virginia. No one's calling for a 50% cut in teachers. What Virginians want from what I hear is school choice and that seems to be a pretty familiar theme across the country. They want the dollars given to public schools each year for their children to follow their children to private or public charter schools. I mean parents want to be able to vote on school performance with their feet. They want to walk their children out of underperforming public schools. Since the pandemic, Loudoun County lost 10,000 students. In other words, 10,000 fewer students returned to Loudoun Public Schools after after the pandemic. Where did, where did they go? Well, they went to private Catholic schools and to homeschooling. And many also just moved out of Loudoun County's public school district. What a scathing indictment of what the woke school board and the teachers' union is doing to public education in Loudoun County, one of the all-time best counties for public education in the history of our country. Do you know that the Loudoun school system was on virtual learning? In other words, no in-person, in-class learning for over 540 days? If you live in Virginia and haven't yet voted in Virginia's elections, Voting concludes next Tuesday. Voting is open in Virginia right now. Please don't wait until the last minute. Get out and vote for the entire Republican ticket. Virginians tell me it's time for a new governor, a new lieutenant governor, and a new attorney general. Well, okay, let's leave Virginia and get back to the clueless Joe Biden and his pathetic performance last week at the CNN Democrat-scripted town hall. Now, by now, we all know that Joe's not hitting on all cylinders. If Joe ever had eight cylinders, he's barely operating on one, and even that one misfires and backfires all the time.
6: You, you got the vaccination? Yeah. Are you, are you okay? I mean, you seem. No, it works. Or you, you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad, or or or, or, or the neighbor, or when you go to church or when you're, no, I I, I really mean it. There are trusted interlocutors. Think of the people, if if your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were, there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something, or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not, you know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking about it?
0: Joe, I think the person you talk to is a mental health professional, but that's just my opinion. But to our current dilemma, I don't remember Joe's Build Back Better plan, including the pain of ever-increasing inflation. And here's the lie that is Joe Biden. Joe says he's not going to raise taxes on people earning under $400,000 per year. Well, raising inflation is a massive regressive tax, especially on every American earning less than $400,000 a year especially for people on a fixed income. In fact, inflation is a whopping tax on someone making under $50,000 a year compared to those earning $4,000 a year. And the higher the inflation soars, the more regressive the tax on all of us. But many of the things Joe has said are outright lies. And I'm not prepared to say, well, that's okay, Joe. We all know you're not in your right mind. But I ask you, does everyone know the true lies from the simple truth and what Joe says to CNN audiences during these phony town hall meetings? Let's stick with what Joe said last week about the southern border and the ocean of illegal migrants flooding America. Here's the first of five clips.
6: Number one, um, the Remain in Mexico policy, which I oppose, the court said I had to maintain it. So we're repealing it. That's one of the reasons why we haven't changed it.
0: Joe's anti-Remain in Mexico is a small part of Joe's anti-Trump policy pushback. Don't know if you know this, but any individual or family seeking refugee status, in other words, if you're fleeing your homeland because you're being politically or religiously persecuted or prosecuted and you fear for your life, the United Nations rule is that You must first seek asylum in the first country you come to that isn't pursuing you for similar reasons. Uh, Hello, if you're coming across our southern border, it means that you travel across the democratic nation of Mexico. So if you're truly a refugee fleeing for your life from your home nation, then Trump's remain in Mexico policy makes perfect sense. Now, while Mexico has agreed to grant asylum to a few true refugees, people like from Cuba or Venezuela, this shelter hardly makes a tangible difference in the overwhelming numbers of migrants on the move. Instead, migrants want to keep on going until they get to the United States because no nation on earth, no other nation on earth, pays the welfare benefits America pays these people once they're here. And I don't care if they all live and work in the United States until they're 300 years old. They can never repay enough on income tax or any other taxes to balance the cost of the welfare they receive from taxpayers. Moreover, the new Biden multi-trillion dollar Build Back Better bill has more than $300 billion worth of Immigration relief payments for those who are illegally in the United States of America. Now, if you're going to be or going to take the legal route to citizenship, or, or you're applying for a green card again, going through the legal process for naturalization, well, you have to be able to prove you can self support yourself and your family, but not so for illegal immigrants. Trumps remain in Mexico was nothing more than enforcing the United Nations law for refugee status.
6: One of the things that is going to bear fruit, I believe, is I put together a program, I was a senator, and the vice president helping helping initiate it now, where we provide for funding to change the circumstances on the ground in the countries in Central America. For example, you're in a circumstance where you know, people don't just sit around the, their, their hand-ewn table and say, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have, give it to a coyote, let them take us across the border, drop us in the desert, place they don't want us. Won't that be fun?
0: This is the same pathetic policy that supposedly resulted from Kamala Harris's root cause analysis. We're going to bribe people to remain in their countries rather than encourage them to make a maddening cross-national journey on foot no less to the promised land of American welfare free housing free education free health care free legal assistance food and transportation anywhere in the United States now to be anywhere close to successful with this stay in your Latin American country plan you'd have to pay each person approximately thirty thousand dollars a year now so you say well, will we pay people here in America to stay home and not work So the Biden White House and Democrats are really into this approach to ensuring big and bigger government dependency. Yes, and that was also a dumb and very expensive idea, don't you think? And what do we do for the other 140 nations who are sending their poor and criminal populations to the land of, of free and perpetual welfare? Do we borrow more money, tax the rich until they're poor, so that we have the money to ensure these folks stay in their countries, too? Listen, I know I sound like Ebenezer, frankly, Daniel Scrooge. But Joe Biden's altruism is a massive fraud. Currently, illegal immigration is costing us more than $160 billion each year just in direct welfare to migrants. This doesn't include the cost of crime or maintaining an expanded role for border agents to be human resource clerks along the border nor does it include the massive billions upon billions of dollars in processing and distribution costs of an ever-increasing number of illegal aliens. If private industry was going to move to Central America to take advantage of inexpensive labor, don't you think they would have done so already? Instead, they're going to China, India, Thailand, and South Vietnam. These nations do a much better job of educating their workforce And I ask you, is the Biden administration going to start a jobs program in Central America? Look how well things are going right here in America under the Biden administration's jobs program. We have nearly 10 million job openings and we can't get Americans to go back to work. In fact, there are millions upon millions of Americans walking out of the workforce and, and don't give me that lame excuse that migrants are willing to do the jobs Americans don't want to do. More than 70% of the job openings currently are decent-paying jobs with upward mobility. The migrants can't compete for these jobs because they can't speak English, and many don't have basic reading skills. Good old Joe says he's made these types of proposals and wrote bills in the past to give money to Central American nations. That was back in his Senate and Vice Presidency days, he claims. What, what time span did that cover, Joe? Uh, did you make all these proposals over the past fifteen, twenty, or 25 years? If you were such a good legislator, Joe, why didn't it never get done? Uh, perhaps because it was a stupid idea with no place to go, nor would it have made a darn thing better. And, and, and don't tell us, Joe, you didn't succeed because of Donald Trump, which appears to be your excuse, Joe, for everything that isn't going your way. Federal auditors have estimated that the American taxpayer suffered just under $400 billion in fraud in the federal program we've fondly come to know as the CARES Act. Yes, this is the $1.9 trillion in pandemic relief that Joe is always bragging about having passed early in his shameful presidency. $400 billion. No joke. Any one of us would call this serious money. And here's the fact just reported in the Wall Street Journal that should frost all of your Christmas ornaments. The Biden administration is in talks To offer immigrant families, I should mention illegal immigrant families, that were separated during the Trump administration uh, to the tune of about $450,000 in person in compensation, according to the Wall Street Journal. In in compensation for what, you may ask? Uh, Supposedly, several agencies are working to resolve lawsuits filed on behalf of parents and children. say that the trump administration subjected them to lasting psychological trauma during their illegal entry into the united states yes uh, these were people who crossed into america illegally with children and they were arrested. Now, upon arrest, their children were placed in protective services. By the way, this is exactly what happens to American children when their parents are arrested for a crime and there are no other family members available to assume custody. Now, there's approximately 5,500 parents and children who filed suit. A uh, Suits, I should mention, encouraged by the Biden administration. So, 500. Uh, or I should say, five thousand five hundred victims at four hundred and fifty thousand dollars each amounts to two billion four hundred seventy-five million dollars, or for round figures, just about two point five billion bucks. Now, just think of it. this is our taxpayer money. Just think of the legal fees woke Democrat attorneys are going to collect from this just more equity buffalo maneuver upon which joe is building back better joe biden is delighted with the progress of this litigation supposedly because it's another event and cost to trash president trump over the trump administration did everything right and nothing illegal when they separated these children and protected them while their alleged parents went through legal proceedings remember as it turned out many of these alleged parents we were not parents or were not parents of the children they accompanied across the border. At the time, aliens were renting children from the Mexican cartels to appear as family units when crossing illegally into our country instead of appearing as single male workers.
6: Is get funding so we have funding for immigration officers to be able to hear cases immediately of whether or not they justify having asylum granted
0: to them. Asylum officers? Really, Joe? You don't want asylum officers. You you don't want them, Joe, because on any given day, 85 to 92 percent of these so-called refugees would be turned down and be deported. Of course your DOJ keeps bending the rules for asylum claims. Recently, Homeland Security and the DOJ announced that if a person claims they were a victim of domestic abuse or for any reason they fear for their life, DHS and DOJ will grant them immediate asylum. Well, gosh, our hour is coming to a close and and it's good because I'm losing my voice. But I'm not finished with Joe's Open Borders crimes against illegal immigration. No one gave Joe the keys to drive our nation into an ollie-ollie-in-free dystopia. Don't take your eyes off the southern border, please. Radical progressives think they're driving us to a mythical, magical, socialistic utopia. Instead, they're driving us to hell without the benefit of even a handbasket. This is our country. Take it back before Joe gives it all away. If you live in Virginia, please vote. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Until then, cheers and blessings.